and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. This is the program where each and every Sunday we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Leah Brandon, Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much. Same to you. This is, believe it or not, technically the third year of the existence of the John and Leah show. We began this <laughs> in late uh, 2014. We survived all of 2015. And let's uh, make 2016 a good one, because after all, in this business, it could easily be our last year. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But we're excited to start 2016. With two brand new stations in two major markets, two markets that uh, much like the other 20 stations in the John and Leah radio show, Free Speech Broadcasting Network, which you can check out at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, have at least a tangential relationship to my life. We often kid that the stations in our network are basically, this is your life, John Ziegler. Uh, Many of them are markets where I have been fired in the past. Have Uh, you been fired from Boston? No, no, but I did work there. Uh, my first uh, broadcasting gig, I wouldn't call it a job. It was an internship. I think I got paid a few bucks. But uh, it was maybe the best job I ever had was in Boston, living with my father, who um, had lived in Boston twice in his career and now actually lives outside of Boston. And this was back in the summer of 1988, probably the wow. best best summer of my life because I was – a news and sports intern at the CBS affiliate in Boston, and I was covering the Red Sox every single day during a tremendous run to the division title. And also, um, that was an election year, so I was covering the presidential election. And the funniest part about – there were two things that were funny about – well, a number of things were funny, but two things notable. One, the guy who got me the gig – was Robert Kraft, the owner of the New, New England Patriots. He wasn't at the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> but the, That's funny. But the funnier part, this is the funniest part. There was a guy who did a morning show on that station at the time, a morning show that was so lacking in credibility that there was literally a rule he was not allowed in the newsroom at this, by the way, third-ranked CBS affiliate news station in Boston at the time. The guy who was hosting that show was named... Matt Lauer, <laughs> which is some things never change. Well, it was particularly bizarre since, you know, Matt and I have done three very high profile interviews live on the Today Show. And now he's probably the most credible morning show host in America because they're all not because he gained credibility because all the rest of them had none. That's right. So um, we're on in Boston. Thrilled about that. We're also on in St. Louis where I've never worked, but I have screened my film, Media Malpractice, How Obama Got Elected. St. Louis, and by the way, I hope the people there are surviving the flooding okay. It's been tough, boy. Uh, um, but the St. Louis to me is known as the radio market that has uh, two of maybe the four people I respect in radio. I don't even know who the other two are, by the way. I'm just the- <laughs> theoretically stating that there might be a couple You're of You're hoping. Others. Hope springs eternal. But, but, yeah, Kevin Slayton and Mark Reardon from KMOX, who hosted that media malpractice movie screening several years ago, uh, are great guys and very good radio hosts and are actually real as opposed to fake, like 90% or, or more of talk radio hosts. That leads us to what 
the John and Leah show is all about. This show truly is unique, if you've never heard us before. We don't use that word lightly. Uh, this show is unlike any other, especially on weekend talk radio, mainly because we're not an infomercial. We're not trying to sell right. you anything. This is real. This is live. All we're telling you is what we believe to be the truth, unlike the vast majority of any other talk show. Uh, we also don't really care that much about our ratings. Um, nope. We really don't. Uh, and we're not going to tell it you know, like, we would, like you want to hear it. See, most talk show hosts now, they decide what their audience is, and then they tell that audience what they want to hear so they'll keep coming back. Right. We, we are not a, uh, the type of show you want to listen to if all you hear is uh, rainbows and unicorns and everything is awesome. You know, that, that, that's not the John and Leah show. If you, if you want a place where you're going to hear things you've never heard before because they're the truth, analysis that is more courageous than anywhere else because we got nothing to lose, then this is the show. And, we, and you can't be fired, so that's right. really we, unique. Well, yeah, I'm the CEO of the corporation. So if I'm fired, the show is in the tank already. So, yeah, that's that's definitely unique. And um, so I'll find some way to blow this up, Lee. I mean, I mean, based upon my history <laughs> in talk radio. But in theory, you're right. Uh, this is about, is about as safe as it gets. And because of that, in all seriousness, we are able to say things on this show you will not hear anywhere else. As a matter of fact, I guarantee that when we talk about the Bill Cosby charges tonight, mm. you're going to hear an analysis you will hear nowhere else in America. And if you're open-minded and if you got a brain, you're probably going to go, why the hell didn't I think about that? He sounds <laughs> like he's right. Um, so I can't wait to get to that. Uh, but we got a ton to get to. We'll talk. We'll take our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016, because a couple of interesting things did happen during this holiday week related uh, actually to college football and the uh, presidential race, which we'll talk about. And when we come back, speaking of college football, Leah, there are several big bubbles that I think America is facing. I think America as a whole is a bubble. Um, but I think we've got several big bubbles. One of them showed huge signs of popping in the last week, and hardly anybody is talking about it. I will tell you something you will not hear anywhere else. When we come back, as we get off to a quick start on the 2016 edition of the John and Leah Show, right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. I broadcast this program from just north of Los Angeles, where my co-host Leah Brandon and I met a long time ago in KFI in Los Angeles, where we did an evening show for a few years there, and now reunited on the John and Leah Show. Leah does the show from Birmingham, Alabama. Correct. uh, Where we're also heard. We're, We're heard in Los Angeles. And we're heard in Birmingham and several stations in the area. And, of course, uh, this week was a very big week uh, for people in Alabama because, as is becoming a habit, uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide played in the college football playoff, the second edition, just having gotten started on New Year's Eve. Alabama, who told you they were going to win, Leah, by the way? You did. Okay, and who told you that uh, they were going to play Clemson in the national championship game? Uh, Yeah. 
Uh, uh, you did. Okay, and, and who told you not to worry about the Alabama game? You, you were When we finished our, our last show of 2015, you said I, you, you might not even be able to watch because you're too worried. Who told you don't yeah. worry? Don't worry. It's all taken care of. Yeah. Well, let me tell who, you who something. Said, I just want to make sure we know. Who, who told you that? Well, I mean, you did. Okay. So why am I getting However, no, why am I getting no credit for this? Well, okay. That team that showed up for that game was possibly the greatest team that I have seen play since I've been here since 08. Well, and we've won how many championships since then? 3. Yeah. Well, the team we were playing, Michigan State, wasn't particularly good. Uh, but I'll, I'll agree. I mean, Alabama was awesome. And um, I think they'll probably win the national championship, although they'll get a much better fight than they got in the semifinal game. But here's what I find – well, here's what I want to talk about, uh, at least right now. We might talk about some other aspects of this later on in the show. But uh, as I mentioned in the first segment, there's a, a huge – several huge bubbles in America right now. Uh, you could argue that the stock market is a bubble. You could argue that the real estate market is now becoming a bubble again. Uh, you could uh, – there's absolutely a huge bubble when it comes to higher education. I mean, that, Oh, for sure. The higher education bubble in this country is the most obvious bubble in the history of bubbles. And how and when it's going to burst out, I don't know. But it's going to be beautiful because a lot of a lot of socialists are going to be out of a job, which is going to be <laughs> fan-frickin-tastic. All right, but – as a small part of that bubble is the college football bubble, uh, and specifically with regard to the bowl games and the playoff games. Now, I've, I've been saying for years that the way they were changing this system was going to destroy college football. And, Leah, as you probably well know, you probably know better than anybody, I'm not always right, but when I know something and I'm passionate about what I believe is going to happen, you can pretty much take it to the bank. In fact, the only thing that I usually get wrong is I underestimate how fast it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the timing. Right. I mean, like, yeah. for, for instance, I wrote a book in 2005 called The Death of Free Speech. I had no idea 10 years later we'd be living in 1984 already and we'd have almost no free speech rights. Well, what happened the last few days— uh, if they if they don't get wise, and there's no evidence they will, is the death knell for college football, maybe college sports. Because here's here's the bottom line of what happened, and no one wants to talk about this because ESPN holds a monopoly on all of this, and so they're not going to discuss it. And you know, and unfortunately, nobody else can control the narrative in sports casting anymore, sports news, because ESPN ESPN owns all of it. Here's what has basically happened over the last decade or so in college football. College football, because ESPN decided this was a fantastic idea and they, everybody wanted a playoff, they sold all their tradition chips. They said, the greatest game ever, the greatest traditions ever, we're going to put them all in a barrel and we're going to sell them to the highest bidder. We're going to sell them to ESPN and we're going to sell them all because it's going to be a big pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And the big pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is going to come in the form of monster TV ratings for these playoff games. And guess what happened? Let's put them on New Year's Eve. We, we sold everything. We sold our souls. And they put them on New Year's Eve thinking. See, here's here's the number one thing people need to understand uh, about what's happened with college football. 
See, it was a religion. College football was a religion, especially where you live, right? For a lot oh, of people, sure. a lot of people, it still is a religion because they don't understand what's happened. But eventually, they're going to get wise. All right. So they have taken a religion. ESPN has taken a religion. They have turned it into a business, believing that people will still behave as if it's a religion. It doesn't work that way. You'll fool some people for a while. You're not going to fool everybody forever. And a lot of people are going to get wise. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't a religion anymore. I got better things to do on New Year's Eve than watch two blowouts, as it turns out they were, for all intents and purposes. Two pretty lousy games, unless you cared deeply about the team that was winning. So they put them on New Year's Eve, thinking, thinking incredibly arrogantly that, oh, we're going to we're going to blow out New Year's Eve. We're going to make New Year's Eve the new college football holiday. Well, it didn't work out that way. The no. ratings were catastrophic. I actually joking. I mean, I knew that they were down. Were they down that much? Oh, hor- horrifically. And, you know, before the ratings came out, I, I tweeted a picture that I said was uh, an ESPN executive worried about the uh, television ratings. It was actually a picture of, of the guy from Airplane, you know, movie Airplane, <laughs> yeah. sweating as he's trying to land the plane. Uh, I, I had no idea how right it was. Uh, they were down at least 36% from last year. Mm. One year drop, 36%. Now, that is as bad as it gets year to year. And they, you know, and they'll try to spin it some way, but but here's here's what's going to happen now. So and now, and now we've got the rest of these crap bowl games. I mean, there's never been a worse year for bowl games than this year. This has been oh, there was one decent game. It was last night, and frankly, it should have been a black eye for college football because it only happened because the star quarterback was out of the game because he had beaten up a cop. And right. It, so so don't just x that one out. That doesn't even count. The the rest of these games sucked. They were horrendous. Just the worst. There's no point in having them. They're exact. People are starting to figure that out. Even my father-in-law doesn't even understand football. I explained to him. He's been watching the Rose Bowl because he lives outside of Pasadena for like 40 years. He goes to the parade every other year. He thinks it's his obligation to to watch the Rose Bowl. I finally convinced him, or not even tried to. He finally realized, wait a minute, this doesn't mean anything? And and so people are going to get it, and they're starting to get it, and that – all those chips, all those tradition chips that we sold off for this, we ain't getting back. And they didn't pay off into anything. No one's going to make a boatload of money from this. And the shame of it is, is this all could have been done in a way that kept the tradition and made a boatload of money. They just listened to me, but no one's listening to me, unfortunately, except the people listening to this program right now. No one that matters. I mean, I tried. I tried hard, but no, I, I spoke to even some of the key people. They, I, I told the Rose Bowl people, you are doomed. They laughed at me. <laughs> I, they, they laughed at me, uh, but they're doomed. Nobody wants you to call their baby ugly. Yeah, well, all right. But by the way, speaking of the Rose Bowl, something really important politically happened for two candidates at the Rose Bowl, believe it or not. Uh, that I think was really important, which we'll talk about when we come back as we take our weekly look at the race for the 2016 nomination on the GOP side on the John and Leah show right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Thank you. 
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can check out each and every one of the 22 radio stations that carry the John and Leah Show each and every uh, Sunday night. By the way, Lee, I don't know if you realize this yet, but we've added a new feature. We'll continue to add some new features at the website. But this week, we also now have listed the official John and Leah Show predictive percentages for, oh, good. for who will win the GOP nomination as well as who will win the presidency. Mm. I must say, only take a look at them right now if you have a strong stomach <laughs> because they are not for the weak. However, they are probably very accurate. No betting allowed, by the way, at least not at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Now, speaking of which, each and every week we take a look at the race for the White House 2016. And uh, this week we start off, Leah, with two different GOP candidates being embroiled in controversies revolving around, of all things, the Rose Bowl. Tell us about that. (laughs) So, uh, first of all... A millionaire real estate developer from Alabama who is also a donor to Marco Rubio's campaign is the one that was behind those aerial messages at the Rose Bowl parade calling Donald Trump disgusting. Uh, His name is Stan Pate, and he says there's more to come. He says there's much more to come. These messages, you probably saw them on Facebook or Twitter. They went viral on social media here in Alabama, we know who Stan Pate is, and at times he has been called disgusting himself. He is a very colorful figure. In fact, he once flew a similar banner over the Rose Bowl during the national championship game in 2010. This is when Alabama was playing in the national championship, and he knew that Governor Bob Riley was going to be there. So the sign said, impeach, corrupt Alabama Governor Bob Riley. Uh, Stan Pate does have a history of getting back at people who basically don't do what he wants. Uh, You know, it's it's not beyond the pale for him (laughs) to be a little vindictive. Hmm. Stan Pate is also well known here in the Tuscaloosa area uh, for a restaurant went bust and he owned the land where the restaurant was he also was uh it was the part of a lease so the people went bust and when they showed up to take away their equipment and basically tear you know everything out of the restaurant inside stan pate said that no that all belongs to me because you owe me back rent they disagreed he he came back in the place with a shotgun and said get off my land So he was convicted in Tuscaloosa court for menacing, but that was overturned by the state Supreme Court, many of which he donated to their campaigns. That's a lot more than I ever expected to know about Stan Pate. (laughs) Stan Pate, you you will see more of him and more and more. Now that he's in, he's all in. All right. And now, uh, do you want to talk about Carly Fiorina's tweet or do we want to talk about uh, Trump and, and Pate first? Well, let's do Trump and Pate because Carly Fiorina's tweet, I have a, she and Dana Bash discussed this and it's just, I just, we're just going to let them tell the story. All right. Okay. So let's talk about uh, Trump and the Rose Bowl thing. All right. Now, now (laughs) I found this interesting on a couple of levels. 
the first, of course, is, um, just from a personal standpoint, I usually go to the Rose Parade. This year, I did not. Yeah. Uh, had I gone, I was feeling sick. My daughter was not feeling well. My wife, at the last second, said, you want to go? I said, it's probably not a great idea. Um, had I gone, I would have. I'm kicking myself because I would have liked to have gauged some reaction from the people who were at the parade uh, to the Trump skywriting. And and by the way, this is important. This sounds trivial, but this is really important because of the I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people at the parade. Many of them, tens of thousands of them, are from Iowa because Iowa was playing in the Rose Bowl. Ah, uh, uh, yes, that is very true. Okay, so I was curious as to whether or not any of the candidates were going to take advantage of this. And by the way, not just were these people from Iowa, tens of thousands of them, these were highly likely Republican voters. I mean, the people that would come from Iowa to watch Iowa play in the Rose Bowl, these are old white people, okay? <laughs> these are old <laughs> old white people with money. Um, Correct. Uh, so they're most likely Republicans, and they're probably act- – if they're willing to go to the Rose Bowl, they're willing to go to a caucus on, uh, on February 2nd or whatever the heck it is. So, um, so these are people that could be very pivotal in, in really – People have no idea, Matt, most people have no idea how few people dictate who win the Iowa caucuses. I mean, if you get, in a normal year, 40,000 people to show up for you, you win. So, I mean, there were more than 40,000 people from Iowa in the Rose Bowl vicinity, uh, in the parade vicinity. So, uh, this matters. And by the way, I saw a lot of them. Uh, (laughs) This is an aside, but an interesting story, Leah. I didn't tell you this. I, I went to the Reagan Library a few days before the Rose Bowl, um, which is obviously here in Southern California. Uh, my daughter, we wanted to see the Christmas tree display, and, oh, yeah. there, and there were a lot of people from Iowa there. I mean, the place was packed with people from Iowa. Um, and what was interesting and shocking to me was that uh, there, was a co- there was a football display there. All right? There's a, it's ending, I guess, at the end of this month. There's a, a, a football display at the Ronald Reagan library and who has his own display with a <laughs> autographed jersey autographed helmet and a framed magazine cover photo in the football display at the reagan library but oj simpson Ew. I, I could not believe it who put that there well that's exactly what i wanted to know so i of course go right over to the little old lady volunteers And I'm like, excuse me, could you please tell me how it is that O.J. Simpson ended up having a display in the Ronald Reagan Library? And they were all at Twitter like, oh, yes, sir. Uh, Wow. Uh, You make an interesting point that no one's raised to us before. Uh, They did. I know. That was the shocking part. I'm the first person, the first person that's mentioned this to you. And, well, sir, you, you're you more than welcome to issue a, a complaint at the front office. Uh, uh, I mean, and they were very nice, but they were, uh, I guarantee this was all they talked about for the rest of the day. Oh, dear. Um, oh, my. Uh, they, they, this, I was as you, I mean, I, this is shocking, I'm sure. Uh, I was a little ticked off. Even my wife was pissed off, and she usually I'm the one that she's, you know, she's usually having to pull my shirt back so that I'm not getting involved in these kind of brouhaha's. But she was actually pushing me to make a complaint on this. I'm surprised uh, you didn't take the display down yourself. I tried. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the football. I know you so well. The, the helmet. 
the helmet is outside of the frame, and I thought I could rip it off, but it was it was locked in there pretty good, and I thought, ooh, this is probably vandalism. Um, <laughs> but I, I tried to rip the O.J. Simpson show sign. Sunday. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was probably for the best. But um, So I issued a formal complaint. I never got a response, an email, a phone call. And what's really, you know, I, I, I didn't get Kim Goldman, our, our friend, who is obviously the the um, the sister of Ron Goldman, who O.J. killed, involved because I, I I don't know if she wanted to be bothered. It's her birthday. I think it was actually her on her birthday that this happened. Um, mm. But she lives like less than five miles from the Reagan Library. I mean, so here they have this this in the Reagan Library this display honoring O.J. Simpson. Uh, and I, I was. Is it I, permanent? Uh, no, it's not permanent. No, it'll it'll it comes down with the football display at the end of the month. But it's been up for like. Two and a half months. Yeah. Uh, I, I would, and by, and you know, it, all the other people, I, I didn't know for sure, but I guarantee you there was no Joe Paterno display in there. Oh, uh, I'm sure uh, not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and he, he did nothing. And, uh, you know, OJ kills two people. It's currently in prison, by the way. Yeah. And, and he has a display at the Reagan Library. But anyway, so back to, to Iowa. So there are a lot of Iowa people in town. And this matters because, as I have been saying from, from months ago, the only way to stop Trump from getting all the way to the convention, and if he gets to all the way to the convention, folks, it's over. Okay? It is over. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. If Trump is dominating that convention, Hillary's president. Period. Period. Unless she's in prison. Oh, okay, fine, whatever. Okay, you want to dream? You go ahead and dream. <laughs> so, I mean, so you're telling me there's a chance. All right, so, there is a chance. All right, so... If you want to go ahead and dream, that's fine. But for in the real world, okay, if he's going to be stopped, it's got to be in Iowa. And the, what I have been saying, as you probably remember, Leah, I've been saying for months, and I even tried to get a commercial made this way, and of course I failed as I usually do because no one listens to me. I, I have said that the key is to make Trump voters afraid to caucus for him, to feel embarrassed to caucus for him, to feel like it's toxic to caucus for him, because at a caucus, you have to stand up in front of your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, and you have to declare who you support. Well, while this guy might be a nut job and a scumbag, this Pate dude from down where you are who, who did this, he's actually on the right track. Because when you put up in the sky, Trump is disgusting. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the scene in The Wizard of Oz where the Wicked Witch puts up in the sky, surrender Dorothy, right? Oh, yeah. So what happens in that scene? Everybody in Oz scatters away from Dorothy. She's toxic. Well, it's the same thing with Trump. Now, I don't know if that's going to translate into people who were at the Rose Parade not being willing to, t to, to caucus on behalf of Donald Trump, but it can't help him, and, it, and it's the right idea. If, if, your, if your idea is to stop Trump, I think this guy actually knows what he's doing. Now, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit, little bit more about that and get into the Carly Fiorina thing, which is also uh, amazing, uh, on this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. 
We're taking our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016, first on the GOP side. We'll get more to Donald Trump in hour number two, because I want to talk about him uh, going after Bill Clinton and his uh, own problems with sexism, as well as what Jeb Bush is doing, which is just unbelievable, uh, even by uh, Jeb Bush standards. But first, I want to finish <laughs> off uh, what, what was going on with regard to the Rose Bowl. First, the, the skywriting taking on Donald Trump, and then Carly Fiorina with what was the most ill-advised, dumbest tweet <laughs> I have ever seen in the history of major politics. Uh, completely pointless and, and a, a needless mistake, even if you're wanting to pander. This was bizarre and stupid. Uh, Leah, tell people what I'm talking about. All right. So Carly Fiorina uh, on Friday sent out a tweet saying, love my alma mater, but rooting for a Hawkeyes win today. Hashtag Rose Bowl. Now, as we know, uh, Iowa got slammed uh, by Stanford and thus became the hashtag Carly curse. So Dana Bash on CNN asked her about this tweet and Carly now has a different answer as to what the whole thing's about. Stanford University, that is where you went to college. Uh, they played yes, Iowa it is Friday. My alma it is. They played <laughs> Iowa Friday in the Rose Bowl. Before the game got underway, you tweeted this. You tweeted, "I love my alma mater, but rooting for the for a Hawkeyes win today." Hashtag Rose Bowl. Now, I'm sure you've seen this. When Iowa got creamed, people started tweeting about the hashtag Carly Curse. Is this exactly the kind of pandering that you were just talking about one second ago? Uh, why people oh, hate for heaven's sakes, Dana. For heaven's sakes, can't a girl ever have a little bit of fun? That was a tongue-in-cheek tweet, which the people of Iowa understand, because I was asked over and over again in Iowa, having attended a Hawkeye tailgate, I was asked, they knew that my heart was torn. You would think, based on this reaction, that I had some, said something really controversial, like, you know, ISIS is a JV team, or this demonstration was a result of a video. Let's just say if the biggest mistake I make is a tongue-in-cheek tweet about a Rose Bowl, the American people will sleep safely when I am president of the United States. There you go. All right. Well, that's a nice effort. Um, but, but <laughs> oh, if for she, heaven's sakes, but, Dana. But if she had put that much thought into it before she made the tweet, uh, it would have, she would have been a heck of a lot better off. And she's, she's skirting the real issue here. The real issue, as Bash implied, is pandering. Okay. Correct. I mean, so <laughs> there's Iowa caucus is a month away. Your alma mater is playing Iowa. And you needlessly say you're rooting for Iowa? I, I mean, and there was nothing tongue-in-cheek. There was no smiley face, uh, you know, icon or anything like that on the tweet. So, and she even says there that her heart was torn. What are you talking about? Right, Your heart right. was torn. And by the way, there's a million other ways to phrase that. You could say just that. If you if you wanted to, say, I'm really excited about the game. My alma mater taking on Iowa. Love the people of Iowa. Love Stanford. Good luck to both teams. That's all That's all you got to say. Exactly. I mean, but, but to me, it goes to the larger narrative with her which is that she really is very manipulative. I mean, Leah, I, I know you have disagreed with me on a couple of the candidates on the GOP side. I told you Ben Carson was not ready for prime time and he was a fraud. I was right about that. He's not a fraud. I 
I told you he was not ready for prime time, and he would implode. He may not he, be ready for fra- uh, prime uh, time, but uh, he's uh, not a fraud. Well, he's a fraud, and he's and he's exactly going exactly where I told you where he would and where he should go. Same thing with Carly. I despise Carly because she has no shot at winning. She is a, a, a manipulative person. I, I think she is a bad person. She plays the gender card at every possible drop of the hat well um, every woman does well every yeah. woman in politics does i can't That's stand the it. way it is i can't stand it she thinks she's way smarter than she really is she doesn't even realize here's the thing that bugs me most about carly fiorina she doesn't even realize that she got the only major job she ever had <laughs> which she blew and got fired from because she's a woman she doesn't even understand that she thinks delusional enough to think she got that gig because of her prior career, which was crap. HP made it clear they were going to hire a woman. She just happened to be the one at the right place at the right time who failed miserably. Then she gets her ass kicked by Barbara Boxer, and she thinks this qualifies her to be president. It's a joke. Okay. I don't have any problem with Carly Fiorina except for this tweet. Right. This is the this right. is the worst problem that I have well, with but her this tweet because is... it's so obvious. Okay, but Leah, what you're not getting is that this tweet is representative of the reality I've been trying to warn you about regarding Carly all along. The this the 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 person that I've been telling you about for months is how the seeds grew into a tweet like that. That a tweet like that doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes okay. it comes because the person behind it is who she is. She's a okay. bad person. All right? And and Barbara Boxer's a good person. Well, this is what you've put up as the reason. Wait, wait, wait. You know, well, oh, wait. she couldn't she couldn't beat Barbara no, Boxer. No, 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 no. Barbara Boxer's a no, no, Democrat no, no. in no. California. Whoa, whoa. Leah, Leah. Those <laughs> are fight God. those are fighting words you just gave me. I, I I think I'm pretty much on record as despising Barbara Boxer. I went after Barbara Boxer harder than anyone's ever gone after Barbara Boxer. Right. She, Barbara Boxer threatened to call my boss the time that I confronted her at a press conference. So come on. Who's Leah. his manager? <laughs> right, exactly. Who, who's his manager? That's a quote from Barbara Boxer. So I I, I think my <laughs> record on Barbara Boxer is pretty flippin' clean. Correct. Uh, okay, but, but her not being able to beat Barbara no, no, Boxer no, is not a legitimate reason baloney. not to let Carly Fiorina. Not, not in 2000. It's not. Yeah, baloney. In 2010, there was a Republican in the state house, even though his name was Arnold Schwarzenegger in California, and it was the greatest off-year election in the history of the party uh, for like 40 years. So uh, Those days are and, over. And she got her <laughs> ass kicked, and... And she ran a horrible, despicable campaign, defeating a friend of mine, Chuck DeVore, in the primary, uh, playing the gender card, lying constantly about her own record. She's lying about knowing about uh, the business that HP ran in Iran under her watch. She's blatantly lying about that. She is a bad person. And and, and, And the idea that she would pander so that she might be able to finish seventh or eighth in Iowa... She sells out her alma mater so that, that maybe a couple of people in Iowa might caucus for her so she finishes, what, seventh or eighth instead of ninth? It's, it's... Okay, well, this is about – this is on par with Hillary and her uh, black dialect that she picks up when she's right. in the South. It's very similar. No, it's, right. a, it's the same concept. No, you're exactly right. All right, but look, Carly is done. She is not going to win. She, she's never going to be the nominee. She's been running for vice president. 
I guess theoretically there's some scenarios yeah. where she might get picked for that. I wouldn't be happy mm. about it. She brings nothing to the table. When we come back in hour number two, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, and Jeb Bush. Uh, <laughs> craziness going on all over the place. Upside down world. A ton to get to on this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 